0: jittery today so apologies about that it must be the cornish
1: weather i'm putting it or inferior technology um and even worse technical skills on my part perhaps but anyway welcome how are you all we're all we're live we're live let's get some comments up let's see we've got a good one today uh, especially for those who are and to be honest a promotion in anything i think this is going to be a useful thing useful tool for getting uh, a lot of really good information from the experts themselves Um, Steve Cooper, I've known him for many years uh, when he was in the police, in Devon and Cornwall Police, the same one as myself. He went on the CID side of things. I went for the traffic and the armed response side of things. Um, One of those where you always, for many, many years, you cross each other in the canteens and things. Um, He did rather better than me in uh, ranks and things. So he actually uh, runs, he he started Rank Success, his company called ranksuccess.co.uk. Um, for helping those people to help their way and, and, and get, gain success on the promotion ladder. And you might, you might ask yourself, what well, is it fair? Should we do this? I thought about this when my uh, daughter was going for the 11 plus and she had to, she had to do special tutoring um, to stand even a chance. Um, is, it, is this the right way to do it? Or does it actually build you some people skills that uh, some skills that you could use for anything anyway? And it just improves the way you put things across and things like that. So that's going to be really useful, really uh, good for anything in your in walks of life. Um, um, I managed to get uh, to uh, the dizzy heights of Sergeant. And people say, I remember occasionally some people say, um, Oh, well, how high is Sergeant? That seems quite high, doesn't it? I said, Well, I did PC Sergeant. And then there is inspector chief inspector superintendent chief superintendent assistant chief constable deputy chief constable chief constable so i didn't uh, i jumped off that conveyor belt nice and early um and it gave me a sense of freedom because i realized i probably wouldn't have been any good at it anyway i knew my limits and i knew i'd be pretty good on the front line i wanted to get cold and wet occasionally i wanted to have a little gang of people that we could do stuff with really on the grassroots and help those people on the front line um and that's really what I had. Uh, I wasn't really academic, I have to admit. Um, although Ollie Taylor, who was inspector, he is inspector, I did remind him that I passed my sergeant's exam first time. And he took a few goes. But anyway, he's a very good friend of mine. Lovely man. Right. Um, incidentally, more police officers leaving the police, joining the as a train driver. Ironically, I heard a story of somebody joining Great Western, uh, um, (laughs) the Great Western railway train people, (laughs) and uh, from the police. His uh, wages immediately doubled, and then they immediately went on strike for lack of money. (laughs) What's going on? Uh, I keep breaking up. Um, Okay, Uh, sorry, Stephanie, can anyone just uh, remind me, I have, I think there's a bit of a Wi-Fi thing in UK at the moment because I keep testing it, it says it's all right, Um, so apologies if it is a little bit like that. Um, I've shut down all the stuff and rebooted it, Um, but this is as good as we're going to get, I'm afraid. Um, We've had certain things like, let's just bring this on a minute, I just wanted to touch base with what's been going on in Twitter recently. it's interesting, isn't it? It's it's a good point from AFO's teens when they beat a retired police officer to an inch of his life. But children, when they are searching, are being searched or receive any police use of force, is an important thing to note, isn't it? It's how the media uh, describe things. Um, and uh, this was a horrendous situation where a retired police officer was assisting somebody else in assist who needed um, some help, rather than walking by. Once a cop, always a cop. Um, and it, he got a beating, a really horrendous beating. I think it's, uh, life, oh, it's life-changing. So awful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just go on to the more. Uh, oh, there, there's my brother, Charlie, came from France, uh, all the way from France, me with my very long hair, which I've since groomed. Um, and let's see what else we've got of stopping a vehicle robustly that has failed to stop for five minutes. These people need to... Okay, let's go on. Uh, Basically, clue is everyone out there, and it doesn't matter what colour you are, it doesn't matter who you are, what area you're in, if you are pulled over by the police, you stop immediately. Um, You speak politely to the police officers, and you'll be amazed at the reply, the response from these officers. You'll be amazed if you speak politely to them. Um, And any grievances you have, you take up afterwards, because there was a robust complaints procedure afterwards, which you can involve. So that's how to do it. The thing not to do is to drive off and pretend they're not there for five minutes. Um, although, depending on certain circumstances, the uh, the media will be on your side and won't ask those awkward questions like, why didn't you stop? Right, um, this man here, arrested, horrible man, on remand, charged. That's good for that dispute just I mean this is where we are in this world it is because it is it's publicized more um it is publicized more I get it you've got these horrible crimes in the years gone by you always did there was always some sick horrible person who did something horrendous um but so it's difficult I always try to sift what is actually true and what just seems to be true um yeah, Vernal Scott. He's a top man here. Really, we had him on frontline chat. He's diversity officer um, for uh, Sussex. Uh, I'm going to risk clicking on him because the Wi-Fi is going to hurt. Um, and uh, he's a he's a top man. Really balanced right? Yes, he's gay. Yes, he's black. Yes, he works for the police. And yes, he is the most balanced. And if the police have messed up, he will say the police have messed up. If- if um if if he thinks no the media are really getting the wrong end of this then he will support the police and quite right he's an absolute top top geezer and i recommend you follow him um yeah wi-fi is rubbish so apologies for that um rose this is what this is what men are known for she's just asked harry have you had a phone uh, have you had a haircut all right men are not notoriously known for noticing when someone's had a haircut and they always get so i find it's always best to to just um just save my uh blushes and just every time i go into the office um is ask oh if you had a haircut um i'm gonna wait for that one okay um hi harry police forces across the entire planet is coming to an end to an end very soon there will be no police at all well, I, don't, I think that's probably a bit drastic, but there are definitely, we could definitely see the mood changes going on. And there are police officers, experienced police officers that we relied on so much as young officers to guide us along the way. Um, and they're going. And uh, so this is, it is a frightening thing. It is a frightening thing that you are left with, and I think they're being set up to fail young, inexperienced officers. And I'm going to ask um, Steve where as he comes on because he was in the Royal Marines. And I have the utmost respect for the Royal Marines because it's a tough old course and it's a tough old selection. So if you've done that, you're half decent already without a shadow of a doubt. So uh, impressive stuff. So, but Devon and Cornwall, it was very well known that we, a lot of our selection was from former Royal Marines, former services services personnel. We had Limston here. We've got Plymouth Naval Base. We've got, uh, well, we did, um uh, yeah that's it that's enough in it really um we had chivener up in north devlin course um so it, a lot of just experienced mature disciplined people to select from and i think it really really helps policing if that's if that's done like that i'm not going to share the screen i'm just going to go through other stuff at the moment because um uh, oh, yeah, there was one. I'm not going to play it but uh, because it would just bung everything up. But there was a guy in a car in uh, America that got pepper sprayed. He start, he came out and he started larging it up to these people just doing um, – I mean, they've got a proper camera and a proper sound thing, and he started larging it up, and they pepper sprayed him in the face. Um, it's a section 5 farm, farm here. You can't, can't use it, um, although my brother in France says uh, they are uh, they are legal in France. Um well, if they're not, that's, they're liberally available. <laughs> for, but the problem is, is do we then get where they're used more inappropriately than they are appropriately? Um, there's there is Sean Sawyer, I've got to say, uh, uh, he was my top cover. He just knew what I was trying to achieve by going, he was a chief const- my chief constable who's retired from the Devon Cornwall Police after over 10 years. He was a phenomenal man, even though he started off his days in the Met uh i jest okay i jest um but he was an absolute top guy and a real people person and i generally didn't hear a bad word about him Uh, i wish him well and whatever he does good if he went for commissioner but i wouldn't wish it on the man do you know what i mean who would um it's just uh oh um i need to mention as well thank you very much oh um Sadiq Khan is uh, making the press a lot saying how terrible the knife crime and murders are in London and it must stop immediately. So, so that's perhaps if you started supporting the police a little bit, that might be good. Um, instead of jumping on the nearest bandwagon, right? We will move on. Shall we? <laughs> I got to get off my soapbox here. here. Uh, and thank you Plymouth university for the professional policing degree. Now I always, Um, there's lots of criticism about the uh, different degree methods and I have been a major critic of it the good thing about the professional policing degree is if you do the policing degree before it's basically you do it in your own time your own money and your whatever and you do this and you think well why would you do that well it's a phenomenal degree which sets you up for life as well because it you can use it in everything it really helps you about teaches you about leadership about um about the law about that side of things but also about teamwork and um, crisis management, that sort of thing. It's it's sticking you in into it a bit. And before before they, uh Brendan Brookshaw is a, a, a very good man because uh, he he wanted something that when to introduce them when they his um, when they started the course. So they wanted a bit of another flavour of what it's actually out, like out there. So Ollie Taylor, um, an inspector, was Rose policing. Now he's a sim, so he basically runs uh, Torbay policing at the moment. Um, is we're going to be giving a chat to these students as well. Just to give a flavour of how we dealt with what, what they should expect. Um, yeah, it's going to be harsh. It's going to be difficult. But I don't want to just give that message. It's, as Steve will also agree, you're given an awful lot of support in the police as well. It's a bit, it's a bit cheesy, but it's a family as well and they don't just say oh fatal road traffic collision off you go go and deal with that let's see what you're made of um but so uh, obviously you might have known I made that one and a hundred of those are going to students on the professional policing course in plymouth uni to give a flavour it's, it's the human side of policing um it's it's the stories that came up when we were talking amongst colleagues we said do you remember that oh that was a sad that was horrendous situation but it also shows the compassion within policing as well, which is just so important. And all the other bits that I didn't put in there, I made a novel out of it. So they're all true, basically. All the bits in there are pretty true, based on true crime events witnessed by a former police sergeant. And I'm 70,000 words into part two of that one. See some of the comments. Oh, I was very disappointed. that There's very little abuse going on here. I never get any of those abusive people, you know, you that you get on Twitter. Twitter is just. It's just, you know... Come on, guys! Show some abuse. No, all right, I'm joking. All right. There um, <laughs> put out and asking whether not. The other thing, have you noticed as well when people are stopped and they said, "Well, they only stopped him for suspicion of a mobile phone." You know, let's talk about a generic situation: suspicion of using a mobile phone. I think you know I've often put on Twitter that we can't just stop compliant people if people run off because you think, actually, are they on their mobile phone going to have a word with them? And you can legally, lawfully stop them. Um, and I won't bore you with all the Road Traffic Act and that side of things, but um, you can legally, lawfully stop them. And you have a bit of a chat with them, and it's oh, nine times out of 10, 90 times out of 100. Some would say that's the same thing. Uh, is, <laughs> you get no problem. You have a nice little chat. Thank you very much. Off you go. I would never stop someone unless I was 100% just to save the stuff just to save the trouble and the argument and all that sort of things. Uh, or I know I'm already going to just warn them because of certain circumstances. But most of the time, I did prosecute, certainly for mobile phones and for seat belts because, oh, 1615, let's press on. 45 minutes, rambling on. Let's get Steve, Steve Cooper coming in here, coming, coming uh, to join us. Um, basically he's a phenomenal chap um i want him here because uh it, it's it's in the press a lot it's in the talking on twitter about it's all about recruitment of course but also promotion and uh, myself i was bleating on about um the promotion process here let's ask steve who was a former royal marine uh police inspector very much cid through and through and he actually introduced um basically it was the, the 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 bolts the nuts and bolts on the ground to who introduced the uh, decision model, national decision model, um, uh, into policing in Devon and Cornwall, which was one of the most brilliant systems. It gave police officers on the front line that practical support to make decisions without fearing the repercussions of it. Um, So we're going to talk about that. Let's bring him on. Steve, Steve Cooper. Let's see if our Wi-Fi can cope with you
0: as well, shall we? Here we go. Uh, Hi Harry, afternoon, thanks for having how me. How are you? I'm fine, <laughs> thank you. Never had a build-up like that on a, on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I I wholly have respected you through my uh, career. I never was fortunate, unless you're going to tell me otherwise, um, to work with you um, directly but we were very close weren't we? We were all in sort of East Devon and um, were you uh, mainly around that area and then headquarters? We would have probably shared a cappuccino across the canteen from each other a couple of times, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, I've been all over the place in, in Devon and Cornwall, but uh, you probably would have passed me on the road somewhere, while I was on the roads to A&B. So, yeah, we've passed and We've yeah. definitely had a couple of coffees in the canteen over the years. So.
1: And didn't you start in, did you start, am I right, And you started in um, Torbay
0: initially? Uh, I started, did my, uh, my probation at Honiton in East Devon. Uh, and then got posted right. to Torbay. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed everywhere I went really, but uh, the dark side called me, CID, and uh, I eventually kind of went through that path as you alluded to and uh, had a great time. So.
1: See, I I was um I was feeling there was something wrong with me because when I was in singles quarters in Torbay, everyone wanted to join CID and I I did not want to join CID and I thought, what's going on? I I fancied the fast cars and uh, and didn't even think I would get into the guns side of things. But it tended to be that way, didn't you think? You either traffic or CID side of things. It was always a healthy... um...
0: I think it's really interesting, Harry, that, you know, we're we're two retired officers and we're talking about how it used to be at Torquay because, um, you know, in those days, Times were different. I joined, I think, just after life on Mars. There were no computers. There were no mobile phones. Um, You know, the the intelligence we looked at was two weeks old on a pink chit on the wall. So things have kind of moved (laughs) on quite a bit. But in terms of what we're going to talk about today, uh, maybe two sides of a coin. It's the same or maybe it's changed a lot. I'll let the viewers and listeners decide to that.
1: Yeah, so, so you, your career, as, as you've alluded to, is was very much CID side of things, and and though you were very leading up, leading um, different projects, including and before we go into the ocean thing, a really responsible side of things was you uh, training LED, of course, you brought in the NDM, but also multi agents team lead working with prolific and um, priority offenders. So basically, where we've got safeguarding, where someone's constantly a victim. Because they're going, they're going with the wrong people all the time. They don't feel as though they've got the methods, uh, abilities, or finance to leave that situation. And, and safeguarding is to, to to break that cycle. What you did was very much on the offender's side of thing, wasn't it? Is that is that the best described like that?
0: Yeah, um, very much. It's about it's about um, targeting, managing, and supporting repeat offenders, trying to prevent crime, and working through the what they call the integrated offender management principles. To try and make that happen so very much a partnership approach with probation and other agencies and police to manage offenders um, around their scoring uh, in terms of their offending so if they're red they're active then they're targeted by operational policing uh, and if they're on the kind of path to improvement and they need some support some encouragement some resources um, they got that support as well and the real success which is what everybody was in that for was to try and help people change their lives from offending and their history through to joining society and being responsible and and getting employment. So it's a a time I really enjoyed. There's a fantastic IOM team working across um, Devon and Cornwall and across the country, really. And it's often unseen, work, but it's very much managed as a partnership approach to try and target those repeat or prolific offenders. Uh, And for those that are, if you like, Changeable, if you like, we can turn them around. It's not yeah. so much a down scheme conversion, but to try and help them onto their um, a better life.
1: And and that's just so important because I think people think that the cops just go in there to arrest people having that multi-agency approach stops people batting the problem off from one department or one agency to another when you're actually looking singly at the same problem it's so much more powerful to be able to say okay well we can do this for them housing can we we can do this we can or 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 whatever or or we can get them for their assistance with their drug addiction with that or or so on so and and I often remember being a police car uh, talking to someone who i regularly knew and going oh for god's sakes why have you done this again and they're like i know i know i know i just can't you know and you do you just you just know they need a bit of a assistance they're not horrible nasty evil people it's just they've been brought up in a situation where they felt well there's no other option i've got a, a it, it's um if you're in the wrong gang it's very difficult to st- step out of that and look at it from the outside sensibly and some people struggle to do that don't they
0: um yeah and it's, it's so, very much about going and, and delivering interventions at whatever point they are in their life whether they're enforcement protection education um um you know and and just giving them that meaningful support at the time of their lives where they're perhaps receptive to it and haven't been before
1: right so let's go on to let's let's go on to uh the promotion you've left the police now and you started you set up this uh, business called rank success um and was there a specific reason why you started that um <coughs> and you know and um, if you can explain roughly what the current promotion system is at the moment how do i like so i'm a sergeant i want to be an inspector what's the process and how long does it take sort of thing and what do i need to think about
0: Okay, so uh, for me, I was as a DI, um, I think about 2011, 2012, I was, as as many DIs are, supporting officers. with their promotion aspirations and whatever those promotion processes look like. So perhaps a promotion application to be considered for promotion, and then an interview or an assessment center or a presentation or a briefing as part of the process. I was recognizing quite early on and quite consistently that you know good cops, good operational cops, no matter whether from CID or any other branch, um, were making the same mistakes So what I mean by that is forces will announce a promotion process and everybody, it's a bit like a a Benny Hill mad dash. Everybody runs around. What's this all about? How can I be considered for this? Well, surely I must be at the front of the queue because I've been doing some acting or temporary experience. So doesn't that put me at the front of the queue? Um, What's all this this, uh, application business about? Who can help me? And for me, as a constable and as a sergeant, I've been there before. And I knew that there was very little help available. And if you were lucky enough to have an inspector or a colleague somewhere who was like Yoda on Star Wars, who you could go to for advice or guidance or support or assistance, or they knew somebody who had just been through the process, then you were very lucky. Uh, Now, I do know some people who went to um, journalists to get media training, to get support and advice. So people literally went to do things like that to get on through, through, and the individual I'm thinking about got on quite through the senior ranks, but had difficulty taking off from constable level to get onto the rank ladder. Um, So to come back to the processes, the processes at the moment, there is something called the National Police Promotion Framework, and that consists with people making it known that they want to be promoted. Uh, They then sit the exam, the law exam, whether that's for constable or sergeant, or in Police Scotland, if I'm going up to Police Scotland, and they do a leadership qualification, so they don't do an exam. It's very much a CPD-based approach. Uh, nice. And then it's a case of postcode lottery. And it literally is, and I've written a blog about that. There's lots of blogs on my site that you know uh, cops who are going for promotion might find interesting, and one of those is called uh, the postcode lottery. And the reason I called it that is because different forces have different promotion processes uh, at different times for different ranks. And and a lot of cops don't understand that from their own force. So part of the encouragement that I I offer is to help them look at uh, through downloadable guides, through one-to-one support, through YouTube videos, through um, blogs and through podcasts. I just provide some food for thought for them to think about uh, and just to to support and uh, challenge and to respectfully provoke their thinking around their decision or their aspiration or intention to go for promotion because some people then say "Hey, it's not for me and at least that's an informed decision yeah. and others yeah. go wow and they're a bit like pac-man going along picking it all up which is why i, I put the information out there
1: so we, we just had this um two this is what you you offer for yourself if i can bring it up actually um and you you supply an awful lot of free information and why why do you do that exactly
0: well that's 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 a good question because i get lots and lots of phone calls i get lots and lots of emails and most people are at the starting point or don't know where they are they're literally disorientated in relation to the process and Mm. one of the kind of pieces of advice that or, or suggestions I would make to officers thinking about going for promotion, whatever they are. And whichever process or rank they're going for is start now. Now, that's never going to happen because people simply don't do it. But hopefully after something like this and uh, having the chance to think it through and reflect on it, they might do that because those are the two words I would always encourage people. Start now and then have a look at the free guidance yeah. that's on my, my site, which includes, as I just alluded to, um, podcasts. So there's a load of podcasts. Uh, there are uh, blogs yeah. there are uh, youtube videos on my youtube channel and the reason I put those out is one people can go and have a look at it and make their own decision as to whether they want to move along that chart to you know the great valley or the full Monty, as I call it uh, and they can make an informed decision yeah. as to what they want to do in their own interest and also um, you know people people learn differently they approach promotion differently people learn by listening by watching by reading, or a, an amalgamation of those things. So that's why I put that out there. And it's pretty comprehensive. And uh, as we've literally just been talking, something's just popped up on my phone from someone. And I haven't made this up. This is this is yeah. literally a scoop of, of the person. Someone's just just uh, um, <laughs> yeah. sent me a message just now from the PC to sergeant Material. Um what I found incredibly useful so this is someone who's telling me they just passed their sergeant's board. Um what I found incredibly useful was your free material. It's extremely vast, and I used your eighty odd YouTube videos and podcasts to consolidate my own knowledge, experience, and learning on the job. I'm pleased to say I genuinely enjoyed my board, and I embraced the opportunity. Now, you don't uh, hear that very often that people enjoy no, the board. No, you don't.
1: No, I I enjoyed my second board. I hated my first board <laughs> because, and the good thing about the free stuff that I can see, and first of all, for everyone there, I'm not on any um percentage or anything like that this is literally because i genuinely think it's really useful stuff and yes there's other people that do similar but then not as good and uh, so anyway the and <laughs> so the free stuff gives you sort of a place to start i said where do i start oh do i just get my head to the books and then just well it's just potluck because i always think it's really potluck the experiences i've had of watching people on the board incredibly respected officers going there with the wrath of experience Um, proven, proven records. And yet uh, they say, unfortunately, it's down to four people on a board that you've got to convince in 40 minutes about a scenario that they give you and your experience and knowledge has got absolutely nothing to do with it. And so there's a certain type of person who's very good at being able to cope with that. um, And there's a lot of brilliant leaders who I felt just that wasn't happening Too, I just wanted to ask really then, Steve, is the promotion system we've got at the moment, does it, does it actually work, or are you supplying information and, and skills to actually work it? A little bit like my daughter, who uh, did an A-star in A-level, but struggles to speak French in her in Paris, where she's been an intern, but she's brilliant at knowing how to pass an exam because that's what their school teaches them to pass the exam is it a similar thing or actually you learning or isn't it anything like that
0: well, that's I mean they're all good questions Ari and I think for, for me for my approach is I provide the information out there for free if people want to move along a little bit and download a digital toolkit which is something essentially that I wish I had had when I went for promotion I wish someone had written that digital toolkit for sergeant or inspector or chief inspector for me, because what I've tried to do is encapsulate all the things that worked for me. So I passed my inspector's board first time, but I didn't have a clue what I was doing when I was going for sergeant. And I think I went for two or maybe three boards and passed on my third board. So I didn't want that to happen again, and I wanted to pass first time. So the information I provide, uh, as that individual uh, suggested, is, is kind of vast. Uh, and it it allows for people to enter wherever they are. so some people as you, as you said, um, and as we've just alluded to, have been for one, two, three, four now some people have been through a dozen yeah. promotion processes before they suddenly wake up and smell the coffee when they've read a guide and go, "I never did any of that. I never yeah. said any of that. I never made any of those links. And so what yeah. I try to do as as, as a coach, is I like to start with people wherever they are. And sometimes they will come to me and say, hey, I have bought your digital toolkit. Brilliant. I've got it all in my head now. I now need to work on some conversational kind of mock board stuff. Or I want you to test me, Steve. I want you to ask me some questions, that the kind of which I'm going to get. So that's a great way of preparing. And you don't need me to do that. Um, You can get a, a friend, a relative, a loved one. To do that with Mm -hmm. you because the questions are in my toolkit, six at a time, 45 minutes, bit of role play, and see how you feel. Now, your relatives are not there to mark the quality of what you're saying, but you are there to test yourself and say, Are these links happening in my head? Do I know what the challenges facing policing are at the moment? Because Mm -hmm. some of the car crashes, if you like, to use the metaphor in interviews, are around people being asked stunningly simple, basic questions that could have reasonably been foreseen. And yes, there's four people there to ask it within a framework. Um, and it might be something about, um, would you please describe your understanding of the role of a sergeant or the role of an inspector? Or the difference yeah. between a yeah. role of a sergeant and inspector? And boom, first question, they want the floor to open up and swallow them. And
1: yet... So, and, interu- yeah. and interrupting on that, interrupting on that, that was a question on my sergeants. And the second time I did it, I realized I, I learned all the skills and competencies of the sergeant. And you sort of say, well, I think it's important. And I just said it as naturally as I possibly could, but ding, 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 I could see them going, think, ding, 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 ding. That gave me the confidence. So carry on. But that's a brilliant example
0: yeah and and so that, that's the kind of thing so what, what do i do with the with the free materials is just to start putting those kind of building blocks that orientation in place for people so whether they want to look at a particular youtube video that i've done and i do them in my conservatory like you're doing just at, just at home on some thoughts that come into my head or on specific competencies so that they can introduce themselves to the country and here's someone for the first time bringing it to life and giving an example of what yeah. that might look or sound like and that is absolute dynamite for people when they go for a ball because they've heard it before their brain goes in and and they sit in a board and go hey I've been here before rather than what's this all about yeah. and that's just about your confidence
1: and and not to look at it as if the first if the first it didn't happen it didn't mean that you were bad it means that someone was better on the day and I have found if ever I've been the chief at doing things twice I've been the best failure in the world I tell you but and, and that's what I try to tell people People in the book, as well, when you get new recruits, I speak to a lot of recruits, a lot of people who joining joined, joining the ARVs, and I remember the time when the ARVs, uh the, the firearms units, drove out a Torquay Nick to go to a, a post office robbery, and I saw them with the MP5s, John Gingell, and all that sort of, and I thought, oh my god, this is amazing, amazing. They must have, they must be the elite, and all that. Then I realised how hard they worked to get there, and then they sort of, and to fail the first uh, promotion exam I did. And then I, I get it now. And it taught me so much. I went in the second time and I enjoyed it. And it was like, come on, then, ask me the next one. Because I sort of knew the questions that they were going to ask. There's only so many in the basket. And the other thing I did was because there was a bit of a thing against traffic, the first time I failed, I immediately left. I got my results that I'd failed. And then they said, could you be temporary for a year on the traffic department? And, and I hear this even now, and people are saying, well, this is ridiculous. If I'm not good enough, why are they asking me to? Well, obviously, I wasn't going to argue, and I did it. Um, but when I went into my uh, interview the second time around, I didn't even mention traffic because I knew. So they'd say, well, what would you do in this scenario? And I said, well, if I was a neighbourhood beat officer, beat sergeant in Brixham, for example, I would do this, 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 because they wanted to know that you weren't pigeonholed you know, and that's something I heard. Is learning tricks like that is so important as well, don't you think? And that's experience. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that's exactly around the bespoke and tailored support that people need because they come in differently. So often I get sergeants who are really experienced operational sergeants. Tremendous, you know, they've been deputy SIOs on murder investigations, but it isn't about your job. It isn't about your best no. job. That's not what they want to hear about. They want to see very much about you how you think, how you make decisions, what, how informed you are, what work you've put into this interview, this fantastic competitive opportunity amongst your peers, and as you alluded to, you know, good, better, and best are themes with candidates. You can come in and have a good uh, interview, but there's uh, and some can be better, but they'll generally try and select the best. Uh, and whether that's right or wrong. Forces need to select leaders, they need to recruit recruits, and there needs to be this turnover. And do they get it right every year? I don't think so. Do they get it right most of the time? Probably. But just going back to when, you know, perhaps our recollections, it was unusual for people to get promoted with less than five years in, ten probably sometimes to get to sergeant, and you knew you were getting an experienced-rounded individual. And it's not about time served, but it is about you know, how much have you applied yourself to CPD? So CPD is a massive thing, and whenever I sit down with officers and say, could you just talk to me about CPD? CPD, uh, Continuous professional development or continuous personal Mm -hmm. development. um, And that was the number one recommendation of the College of Policing's leadership review some years ago, uh, that all uh, uh, leaders take responsibility for their own development, so far as they can, owning their own career and driving their own career, so far as they can, and the organisation will meet you halfway. So it's really interesting that, um, you know, when, when we when we talk about this, and it's such a big, a big topic, that when sergeants come in, and lots of different sergeants come in, um, they, uh, they often fail at inspector because they haven't switched on the strategic thinking switch. So I've done a few yeah. blogs about that because what does that mean? What does working more strategically mean? How do you mm. do that? When have you done that? talk us through it. And so lots of, lots of sergeants kind of don't do that as part of their preparation. So No, there's a, um, quite a transitional, there's quite a transition, isn't there
1: from being very much hands on as a sergeant, which I was I loved it. I've got a sort of a section of misfits. <laughs> that were longest, the strongest longest, section.
0: Yeah. I, I so, enjoyed Sergeant rank as well. I enjoyed Sergeant rank probably the most if I look back.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah I often hear that I do often hear that and um, I was just so glad that I didn't do what was what was expected of you even especially if you sort of got yourself known a little bit you know and 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 people tell when you're going for your promotion think of your pension sort of thing well Ian Adams asked a very good question here he's a top man himself he's yesterday our chief constable Sean Sawyer retired should the new chief constable for and Cornwall will be appointed from within. Do you think this, because this is something that changed, didn't it? And um, Where you had to come in from outside. I felt it was fresh blood, new ideas. Uh, I think it was quite useful. Um, do you think it will be a bit stale being promoted from within? Do you think with with the top
0: top job in each force? Well, of course, I shall have absolutely zero influence on that that decision, Harry But being as you ask. <laughs> um, I I think (laughs) uh, there's there's an argument on both sides with that because I know that historically when they've promoted senior officers, some of the criteria has been that you have to move forces, you have to have served in another force um, as part of your development. Um, Personally, I I wouldn't have an objection myself. If somebody knows a particular force, they will have already engaged with lots of different um, uh, chief constables and MPCC and superintendents associations. They're going to know all the Mm. people. Or many of the players on the committees, on the work groups, on the portfolios. So I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't want to kind of push that point on its own alone. But uh, I would have no objections, one way or the other, so long as it's a right candidate and they pass a process. So.
1: And going on from that, do you think? Because I I think, especially if the 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 word diversity comes in, I think people confuse diversity. you know with positive discrimination if that comes in that can be extremely damaging and it very much alienates uh um you know often i get if you're a, a middle aged white male you're gonna feel very dejected if you're given encouraging support and advice free advice if you're female or um, uh, a black minority um then you know and I think that interferes whereas for me diversity is that you are looked upon with your individual skills equally whoever you are and whatever you what whatever race you are whatever sex you are whatever now but going on that do you think with the current system as it is you could uh, a poor leader or manager could still get promoted now or do you think there's enough safeguards to actually find that out can they talk a good talk
0: Absolutely, absolutely people can talk. So the competencies, so competencies or behaviours as I like to call them, technically that's incorrect, but practically it works. The competencies are there and competencies um, are how organisations want people to behave. So the competency and values framework that's used to assess promotion candidates uh, is very much values based. So it's very much around shared values and particular Values in policing. So there's four on the competency and values framework. And each of those competencies are assessed at different points at different tests. So, through assessment centres, presentations, briefings, or interviews. So, there's lots of scope there to ensure they get the right candidate. However, that process is is put in place. But is it possible for a leader to get through that and be poor? Well, I think first and foremost, I'd want to think about what we mean by poor leadership, because often when Mm. I ask candidates, what what's a good leader what's your understanding of what a good leader is well there there um talk about yourself as a leader there is a massive gap so they might already be acting yeah they might already be the most experienced operational cop well liked well respected by their team but i say to them tell us tell us what your understanding is of a a great leader or a good leader what do you aspire to what's it like to be led by you um And that's an uncomfortable conversation for people. And yet that's a skill that if you can develop that in your privacy of your own home as part of a preparation for a board, it merges and melds with all your experience and just helps you have insights into who you are. And I think so in terms of poor leadership, I think there's lots of good leaders with gaps. And what I try and do through my materials, my one-to-one support is to help them fill their gaps. Now, there's lots of other ways they can do that. I'm just one source on the planet. Uh, but this mm. CPD journey, this leadership development journey is something I'll often start with people. So whether it's diversity, and I wrote three blogs on my site around diversity, quality and inclusion in policing at the moment, because in some forces, as you have just kind of pointed out, um, it, is, it is really serious in policing and it's taken really importantly. So in Kent, I think it is, promotion candidates will um, have a half an hour pre-interview board, before their main promotion interview board. So they've included they've added the board up to an hour and a wow. half just so that they can look at um, whether a candidate understands these issues that you're alluding to. And therefore, I don't think it matters who that candidate is, no matter what color, sexuality, gender, it doesn't matter. If they're going for promotion, then they can respond. Yeah. Uh, leadership after that point, when you're promoted, is about essentially development from that point on. So yes, young younger officers can come in, can yeah. get promoted and be poor, but with the right support, they can develop as great leaders. And many do. Uh,
1: yeah. Just conversely,
0: there are many, many elder officers or, or really more experienced officers who who don't push themselves through the development path and therefore don't grow and learn and develop
1: right okay and oh um this one's just come up on its own because my ian i'm glad it's not abusive <laughs> you wouldn't get anything abusive ian are you coming around my house today i don't know where you are part of the world you're going to come around for a cup of coffee ian abdams was uh he's a top man it's been great support over the last year as well uh what's he say the right person should always be appointed based on their behavior knowledge leadership shadowed results right but i also think that Different leader. Leader is is I, mean, I sort of see it as the the, the glue for people who are, I wanted a section with very much different people in it. All right? I didn't want the, the the I often joke there was one super cop um who i thought oh, i'd clone him any day you know and uh, people say who's your favorite amongst the section i used to break all the rules i said well clearly it's him and i'd give him my mcdonald's token now and, and then but it made a thing of every week it was like all right who's the sergeant's favorite this week and i'd be like that with a mcdonald's token seriously whole six guys of armed response and um but it was it was just to acknowledge and it also just acknowledged somebody who just put themselves out where it wasn't just necessarily the best job but they did a favor for me and it was really it's a ridiculous thing but they they quite enjoyed it now that leader was uh, I, I definitely had a unique way I think that probably wouldn't pass too many uh observations but that leader is very different from somebody you need you need in an office to run things from behind the scenes to to so that I get the material I need so that I can put it in front of my guys and girls and we can do the best job and they they don't have to be brilliant motivators back there do they steve so it's not necessary they have to be fantastic motivators on each one
0: no they don't and and this this very word that we're talking about leadership which is a value um that in some of the guidance I'll give out I mean I'll talk about and raise the questions you know have you decided to become a leader because people who go for the promotion exam and put themselves forward for a promotion selection process and the challenging process that that can often be um, they made a decision somewhere along the line, somewhere that thought came into their head. I think I've got what it takes to lead other people. And that's where the journey starts. But that's talking, that's thinking. The only thing that gets you promoted is taking action. But the topic of leadership is really, really important. So some of the questions I'll ask them is, you know, what are my values? Or how are your values? Because that generally stops people in their tracks for about an hour while they just go and visit that theme. And yet it's a values framework that you're going to be assessed on. Um, what do I really believe in and what line will I not cross so that's an important question what's really yeah. important to me how do I relate to other people what is my impact what method best helps me learn and how do I handle stress so these are some of the kind of initial questions I will ask people and then we'll have a look and an understanding is okay where are we now okay fine let's have a look at something so it's leadership as been around for three thousand years. There's 150 years of academic study, and still there's a lack of agreement mm-hmm. on what it is. So for me, I always try yeah. to shrink it down into context, which is important. So 21st century policing, different to life on Mars, 20th century kind of policing, but and different to generations before that. And yet the quotes by people like Sir Robert Mark, you know, policing is the anvil upon which society beats out its problems, frustrations, and uh, and weak legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, it still stands the test of time. And I used to write that in my day books as a DI. Every time I got a new day book, I would put that in. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, tests ain't fair. People that practice and rehearse for them generally do better. So there's an element there. But just on the leadership development, when we stop and say, OK, you can now talk about yourself for a leader or can't about as a leader for five minutes. Let's have a look at this theme, this topic of leadership. So I'll give them something like, Uh, Drucker, Peter Drucker's playbook for the public sector, which is leadership at the heart of it, one word and then you're talking about vision let's talk about vision, where has policing come from, where is it now, where is it going to, what's your force vision and how are you going to make that meaningful for the people you lead, so if you worked for Nike in the 1960s their mission was crush Adidas everybody knew it now how do you make that Azazie and Zappy like that for policing, building safer communities yeah. together or fighting crime, protecting people. But it's got to kind and of... So how the, how, how on earth...
1: How, how God, I mean, because you go into an interview room now, the way policing is at the moment, and yes, it's always been in turmoil. And I've, I've read a book that is like 40 years old from a police officer who was talking about his previous 20 years in policing. In London, he was. And um, the same problems... He was moaning about the media treating them unfairly. He was moaning about too many protests in London. He was moaning about basically the abuse they get as police officers. And we all assume there was utmost respect. But I was also speaking to um, a very good friend of mine who's moved to Canada and he's been there all his life. And he said, unbelievable what your cops have to put up with. You'd be locked up, cuffed. And guess what? The cops have just been a few protest things because you always get those many but generally the cops are given much respect because there's discipline and you don't walk up to a cop and give him abuse and you don't stick a camera in his face because you'll find the cameras across the other side of the road um that has completely lost how do you motivate a uh, an inexperienced section of officers is it is it recoverable you know, I, I want to support those officers as much as I possibly can. How the hell would you walk into a, an interview room and try to support a system where there's not enough of them, they're far too inexperienced, and the, the the wrong sort of the public just completely abuse them because it's all on cameras now, which we never really had in the past, Steve. You know, where do you start with that, really? Seriously.
0: <laughs> it's, well, it's tough, and you've asked the really, really, really kind of powerful dynamic question there how do you motivate a team so that's a classic just take that one on its own how do you motivate Mm -hmm. a team if you add in all of those things then you're going to have to a bit like eating an elephant dissect it first you know you'll have to understand their individual motivations who are they how well do you know them what's your relation what's what are you like as a role model in terms of role modeling behaviors role modeling values are you the role model Uh, because that might not be the right dynamic if you're not some people say you yeah. can't motivate individuals. You can only create an environment in which they feel motivated. So uh, one of the tweets I put on my Twitter yeah. recently is a fantastic, very short clip by Simon Sinek, which talks about creating the right environment. So there's no easy answer to that, and it can't be done very quickly. But in terms of... Now you say action, that,
1: man, one of the... Sorry to drop, but you say that. That's so important. I I found I desperately wanted the opportunity when I had a new... A, a, a new person joined the section. Um, they're as suspicious of me as I am with them. And I always, I always said, if you're fresh on response and you're brand new out of the packet, you can't trust them until you know you can. You know, you've got to check their paperwork is what I meant. I don't mean honesty or anything. I mean, you've got to check their paperwork, make sure it's actually up to standard. And with the ARVs, if you've been in for a certain amount of time, I needed to trust them until they'd proven that I couldn't. <laughs> it was a sort of the way... And it made them feel as though they could actually. And the other thing I wanted, I wanted to get them for them to get into a little bit of a problem. And as long as it wasn't neglectful, malicious in any way like that, the others would say he'll back you all the way. And we wouldn't wouldn't move from this section because he'll back you all the way if it was well needed, well meant. It just went wrong. So he's on a pursuit. He's had a collision. He's now being stuck on for due care, perhaps. And I would back him all the way and show my support. Once I had done that, I had them. They were absolutely mine because they knew they could just flourish in their own little environment, knowing that they weren't going to get jumped on by their supervisory if things went wrong. And so, creating that environment, I think Steve was just spot on on that. Absolutely spot
0: on. Um, and yeah, and you also job. So you job. You touched on a couple of other topics there around when you arrived on a new section. So again, unraveling that, stepping back from that, there's a thing around how teams form. So forming, storming, norming, performing. These are the stages that teams go through in terms of dynamics. When you are promoted uh, to Sergeant Inspector, there will be a change in the dynamic. And they have to build that trust up and they have to say, will the environment be the same? How long are we going to have to wait to see the colours of this individual in terms of how they behave? can we trust this person and how quickly does that trust spread amongst the section or distrust so and you know it as well as I do the unwritten rule of policing but it's also a disciplined organization so people tend to kind of do that in kind of corridor conversations and that's how it passes Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. they don't do it in kind of indisciplined ways so I think there's, there's we're still on the topic of leadership here as well and you know I'd probably spend you know Depending on what individuals want to discuss, we could spend a whole lot of time, but I would, I would we haven't moved off that Drucker's playlist yet. So I talked about the vision, but there's also your management, you know, managing yourself, managing your team, which is what you're talking about, and managing your work. And then performance, mm. effectiveness, results. And, and this is the real deep stuff that boards are interested in, your character. So your values. Do you think integrity. they are, though?
1: Is that true? Is that true? Okay. Tell me. Convince okay. me of that.
0: Well, well, because your behaviours, uh, as a good operational cop, as a promotion candidate, generally people can see your your behaviours in the workplace. They know all about it. So the way I kind of convey that in my guys, is the old iceberg. You can generally only see about a seventh of an iceberg. That's yeah. the behaviours. Everybody can see the seventh. They can see that proportion above the surface. A promotion board is about going under the surface and say, well, that's where the substance exists. So let's ask some questions, which are what I would call mm. introspective, introspective questions. Why should anyone be led by you? Now, that is a um, the I think Rob Goffin, Gareth Jones, who wrote the book of the same title, said that that is probably the hardest question academically you never ask anyone. And in their research, they asked it to chief executives. Uh, and silence the room time and time and time again. So I use that very much as a question (laughs) to say to people, you know, why should anyone be led by you? And then I zip it. Yeah. And and some people, I used to do it on an exercise, on a piece of paper in a masterclass. And at the end of it, some people had written two sides of A4. And some people were still like reflecting and thinking about that because it really does take some thought. And if you can answer that, and if you can't answer it, You're not ready for promotion yet. No. Now, why should anyone be led by you? The why bit, they've shown academically it's a tough question. I I, I, I wouldn't particularly use why. I do give it as a tool. I would like to use more of the investigative questions, who, what, when, where, why, how. Because they're still introspective, and you can only go to yourself for the answers. And that's what boards do. They say very little, and then they shut their mouth and you get the rest of the six minutes to talk and hopefully in there you will have done some research a depth and breadth of research so that as you alluded to earlier on uh, you walk in and you you think well i've only got 45 minutes you're only going to ask me about six questions well so each one's going to be on each one of the competencies i could have prepared for this so i'll try and encourage people to go into their boards thinking and i wouldn't suggest for a minute they say it but thinking which of you have got questions for my answers because you've yeah. already done the work. Yeah. You just want to hear how it's going. Yeah, uh, no. and that's,
1: I remember that. I, I remember that. Um, and I would think, come on, ask me one on this. Ask me one on this. And they'd go, what do you think? And I'm like, yes, right. You know, and and it was like that all the way through. And you know, you when you come out of the board and you go, um, uh, <laughs> the first one, I got an outstanding recommend to go. And I felt that. I was probably the only officer ever still countrywide to fail an interview with an outstanding recommend where it was you had initially (laughs) for the second time I knew I'd done well. And, and it was really unusual. And it sounds arrogant to think that I knew I'd done well. It was, I was so familiar with the subject and I'd researched it and I'd, I knew I'd done the right things. I knew they didn't really, they were a bit worried that um, I changed the way I phrased that. They were a bit worried that traffic, were a little bit, well, we've always done it this way. This is what we're like. Um, so i worked on youth, uh, youth youth support teams in Torbay. And I think that um, six or eight weeks was probably worth more than eight years on traffic. <laughs> it was just for the board that was. But yeah. you know, it was good things. Right, what, what would you have done? No CID option for you, Steve Cooper. No CID, none of this business. What are you gonna do instead in the police? What would you have done?
0: Uh, I, I probably would have been a uh, a dog handler. I would have applied to be a dog handler. Um, one secret that I haven't told you, and I didn't give you uh, when we had a chat earlier on, is I was a firearms officer, an AFO, for four years between 1990 and 1994. But I didn't get any of the Gucci kit. You Whoa. got. I got I got a shoulder holster and a Smith and Wesson mm-hmm. revolver. And uh, you were five the then. I didn't have any of that. I was only given a Smith & Wesson revolver, and I was on Maggie Thatcher's um, uh, conference oh, at the ERC. So that's it. That's I don't mention it. It was a blip, a blip of an eye, but it was four years, because in those days you could be on CID, uh, and you could get called in yeah. for jobs depending on where you were, just like they used to come around and knock people. Uh, yeah, I did a bit of that. Jobs. I remember.
1: Did you have the pager <laughs> then?
0: You had the pager? Yeah, pagers, and you were, yeah, yeah, so and, did I. Those were the, so I was... Yeah, was s- Hutchinson Hurch- yeah. Telecom, it was. Blimey, if we're allowed to mention brands. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my god! So blimey, who hasn't been AFO now? For goodness' sake! <laughs> but, I know. Well, put a, a change. And that was when yeah, you used to get, you get the call any you used of to go to the station. No, yeah, but I, I would know. have been a, yeah, a, a
0: dog handler eventually because they seem to be the ones having all the fun, and uh, they seem to be the ones that were to me, yeah. probably the happiest. In As yeah. you do your shit, you come yeah, in, and they get, you get called. What dog have are you got at there? the moment, Steve? I've got a West yeah. Island Terrier. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear oh, you. Oh, have you? Called? Yeah, West called. Island Terrier. She's called Tilly, but she, her actual pedigree name was Portia. But I think she's been born again and was Queen Nefertiti of Egypt once. She's <laughs> so definitely got an attitude. Right. <laughs> See,
1: I think she's a bit too posh for Arthur. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: sounds like it. Doesn't it? <laughs> and,
1: and 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 we're doing this ask about face. But what made you join the police in the first place? Why did you think that's for me? Because you were in the Royal Marines. Yeah, and you you didn't Yeah, what made you join the police? Was it a natural flow? And do you think it's so easily done today? Because the wages, as they are for
0: things, are not so good now, are they? Uh, no, I mean the reason I the reason I joined the police was it it was a logical step. Uh, so I decided I didn't want to continue in the Royal Marines beyond my four years, and there was a natural segue for me in terms of they were recruiting, Devon and Cornwall were recruiting. I was leaving in the December, uh, and I joined Devon and Cornwall in the January, nineteen eighty-seven. So it was a natural segue for me. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed all the initial training. Uh, and i would do it all again tomorrow, probably. That's that's the best recommendation I can make for policing. And I would definitely encourage anybody today to join policing, no matter all the ups and downs and the cynicism and the cynics. You can join it and leave. yeah. Um, but people don't join it as a vocation necessarily today. They do join it for five years. But it will probably be yeah. the most challenging developing five years, if you choose to do that, that you'll get. Uh, and you're, you're delivering a public you've... service as well.
1: You've you've said the you've said the right thing because uh, you said the the thing that really echoes with me. I don't say, you know, it gets harder and harder because I I keep seeing the police getting absolute battering in the media and an uh, I know police officers all over the country and they're at their wits end. Um, but it's you've got to hope for the better future. It's different. It's not necessarily better. Okay, well, secretly we every generation of cop thinks that they're their time was the best one and uh, they did before us they will after us it's different and yeah it might not be a vocation anymore things have changed it's like a section you've got your section it's like don't touch it it's fine it's perfect it's you know you'll have had the same um with your uh CID guys and then you get one in and it upsets the back apple cart but it sort of morphs into another section again and it, it it just ever changing I think it's important to look at it that way and it,
0: the other thing Steve, with that Harry is of I've got five members in my family that are serving in the police at the moment, and uh, so I'm kind of in touch with. It. And, and I don't think any of them dislike it. They're all working hard, and uh, some are response yeah. officers, and some are doing other roles. But I think um, you know, it's it, it swings and roundabouts. Yes, the pay could be better for what they do. Um, you know, it swings and roundabouts, yeah. isn't it? But you well,
1: know, I think, I think eleven years ago it was two grand more.
0: <laughs> for yeah a, for starters
1: yeah. Yeah. um Absolutely. I, I um thank you adam uh for you've got um saying a brilliant hour thank you very much steve lots of praise me and and thanks for that mick said yes you're quite right dog handler was the best mick was a dog <laughs> handler in the 18th century i can say that because he's a very good friend of mine and uh <laughs> he was brilliant with his dog ben uh really really useful thank you very much stick around won't you that hour has flown by like we knew it would um and it's been great stick around for a minute steve and thank you everyone see you next week have a good one